morning all. We want to welcome you to our special family service this morning. It's every, every Sunday is a special service, but this morning it's a family service where we are not only going to listen to the word and worship the Lord, but also we're going to do a dedication today. And uh, as you look at the front seat here, you can see the Solomon clan and all the other uh, the, the extended family members and so forth and uh, the larger family that we want to welcome all of you here this morning may you be blessed as we fellowship together and as we focus this morning on uh, on this special moment in the lives of any couple where we give back to the Lord what he has blessed us with and uh, we honor the Lord for that but welcome one and all it's good to be in the house of the Lord and we pray that today we will just be encouraged and we will be blessed as we fellowship together. Let's just pray together this morning again. Father, thank you for your faithfulness to us and thank you that we could sing a hymn of love for your faithfulness, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the cross. We are so amazed, Lord, that you were prepared to, to die for us and give yourself for us, Lord, taking our sin and our shame upon yourself. Thank you, Lord, for our family, our church family, and everyone gathered here today. We pray that we will, Lord Jesus, be such an encouragement to one another, and that today, Lord, you will once again minister to us in the way that only you can. But, Father, we also thank you for every moment that you are with us as families because Lord you are the one carrying us you are the one watching over us and Lord there are families here today with needs with hopes with deep desires we pray that you will this very day Lord come through for them in a very special way Father we want to also pray for those who are in need of prayer we think of Nicole who has had the the operation and the recovery processes, Lord, it, uh, it's often, Lord Jesus, very challenging, but we pray that you will just be with her and that your hand will be upon her at this time. For Wendy as well. For LJ, we want to pray, Lord, that you will reach out your healing touch and touch LJ, Lord, in a powerful way at this very moment. Lord, we want to pray for the Rebos and think of Alfie who has lost his mother, Lord. And we pray at this moment that you will be close to him, close to them as a family. You will be the God of all comfort to them. You will minister to them, Lord. We bless you, Lord, for this day. And Lord, we thank you that we can come before you and worship you today. Won't you continue with us now further, Lord? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Right at this moment, we're going to do the dedication immediately, and we want to ask Candace and Clannon uh, to come forward with Kaylee as well. I want you to stand somewhere in the, yeah, maybe yeah, Maybe much better if you, you know, I'm going to ask you some questions and not questions, very difficult questions that I want to ask you this morning. And I don't know whether you will be able to answer all those questions. <laughs> no, no, it's not, it's not don't, you don't have to stress about that this morning. But uh, we have a beautiful, wonderful couple here this morning. Uh, 
Pennon and Candace, and they have a beautiful gift that the Lord has blessed them with. And you know, it's always important, vital, for parents to dedicate their, their, their little ones to the Lord, but more so also dedicate themselves to the Lord for the task that lies ahead as they bring up this child in the ways of the Lord. And what a privilege it is at this point in time in history, Clannon and Candace, that you, the Lord has blessed you with such a special gift. And may the Lord continue to just encourage you and build you and, and really make you into an amazing couple. You're already an amazing couple, but beyond amazing couple um, as he blesses you. And uh, I'm going to, uh, I just want to mention a few things to us here this morning. Children are a gift from God. And uh, in Deuteronomy 6, or verses 6 onwards, it speaks about how we need to teach our children, how we need to share with them daily and instruct them in the ways of the Lord and so forth. But, uh, but in Psalm 27, one of the versions speaks about the fact that children are a gift from God and we need to see this as a gift from God. This child is a gift from God. We are gifts from the Lord as well. But as believers, we are called to recognize that God in His goodness gives us gifts. And those gifts are gifts to parents to cherish and to, and to bring honor to Him. They are not, on, they are, they are not only uh, gifts, but you have the awesome responsibility of caring for this gift that you have here. It's a, a special gift, a precious gift. And because children are given by God's grace as gifts to parents and to families, it is only proper and appropriate that children be dedicated back to the Lord. And this is what Glennon and Candace are doing here this morning. Now we are told, I just want to be biblical a little bit, we are told in 1 Samuel 1 verse 1 that Hannah presented her son Samuel to the Lord. In Luke 2, verse 22, we read that Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem in order to present him before the Lord. Now, this morning, in the same way, Glennon and Candace bring their daughter Kaylee, presenting her before the Lord God and also presenting themselves before the Lord God. Now I'm going to ask you a few questions this morning, and all you need to answer is, we do. When you get married, you answer, I do. But today, we will, as a couple, we want you to answer, we do. Is that all right with you? Okay, let's, let's, let's start. To you, Clennon and Candace, promised by God's help and in partnership, to provide Kaylee a Christian home of love, peace, acceptance, security, and stability to raise her in the truth of our Lord's instruction and discipline and to encourage her to one day trust Jesus Christ as a Savior and Lord. We do. Thank you. Let's go to the next question. Do you promise to be godly examples 
in speech, actions, motives, attitudes, and commitment. And then the final question. You see, it's only three questions. Eh? Do you today recognize your child as a gift of God and give heartfelt thanks for God's blessing? Thank you. Now finally, I also need to speak to the church here because we are gathered. We have a gathered community here to, uh, today. And um, uh, we have the gathered people of God. And uh, I want to ask that the church make a promise as well. There's an old proverb that says what? It takes a village to raise a child. Isn't it true? Parents have first responsibility. But parents need the help and support of their church family. So I direct this question to the church here. Do you pledge to pray for this little one? And pledge to help these parents to live up to the promises that they've just made. To support, encourage, and uphold them in prayer on a regular basis. If you do, will you stand as we together today dedicate both parents and the child to the Lord? Let's stand together. I'm going to, in your hand, carry to me. Let's pray together. Hey, Kaylee, I'm not used to holding girls, you know. I've had two big boys. <laughs> but I'm going to pray for you. All right, let's pray together. Oh, she's not used to this. So you see, it's a girl. That's right. Kaylee, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord pour out his very best upon you and show favor to you. Lord, we want to thank you for Kaylee. We want to thank you for her life. We want to thank you for her future. We want to thank you, Lord, for what you have planned and purposed for her. And this morning, in the name of Jesus, we dedicate her back to you. And we pray your blessing over her entire life, her entire future. Lord, you know the destiny that this girl's life is going to take. You know the impact that this girl's life is going to have on her family and friends and many others. And we commit her to you, Lord. Father, we entrust her into your hands and we, we pray that you, Lord, in an amazing way, will lead her in, Lord Jesus, a direction that brings glory and honor to you, but that will impact generations to come as well. We commit her to you, Lord. Lord, we even commit a future husband to you. Somewhere here on planet Earth, someone has been born or will be born will still be, that will be her husband one day. And we entrust even her future husband to you right now. We thank you for the saving of her soul. We thank you for the blessing that she will be to, her, to one and all. And we commit her to you completely. 
And Lord, as I committed to you, I pray for Glennon and Candace. I commit them as parents to you. Father, I pray that with grace and wisdom, godly wisdom, they will lead this child, parent this child. Lord, model a godly life to, the, to this precious gift that you have blessed them with. And Lord, we pray that you will strengthen them at all times. And that day after day as they look back, they will know your peace, know your covering and your blessing upon their lives and their family. Thank you for all the family members that came, for our church folk who are here. We pray that you will bless each one of them abundantly today. We honor you, Lord that we can commit this to you and dedicate both daughter and parents to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. There we go. There we go. This child is very beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. It's probably we want to... I want to ask Robin that... Uh, our, the elder, I know uh, this is unexpected, Robin, but maybe <laughs> I should have asked you, if I've forgotten to ask you this morning, if you could maybe just hand it over to them. Ready? Hmm. Candice, on behalf of the Lord, I Yeah, it's always special times in in our lives as families when we when the dedication is done and it just takes us back, right? Brings back memories as well, isn't it? And so true what Robin said. You, you. We are part of your lives on this journey and uh, we pray that the Lord will just bless you as a couple and as a family at this time. But this morning, we're also here to listen to God's word. And let's turn to Galatians chapter 3 this morning. We're still in the book of Galatians and I said you're going to be tired of hearing the word grace. Are you tired of hearing the word grace already or not? Oh, you are. Who said that? <laughs> All right. Okay, let's turn to Galatians chapter 3 and we're going to read from verses 1 today. You foolish, oh my goodness, you hear that word? You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to le learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you as so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? Are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing if it really was for nothing? Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law? Or because you believe what you heard? 
Consider Abraham. He believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So, so those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in both the book of the law. Clearly, no one is justified before God by the law because right, the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, the man who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. So far, may God bless the reading of his precious word. This morning we're going to deal with the cancel culture. We live in a culture that is called the cancel culture. They just cancel you out. If you don't agree with my point of view, if you don't agree with what, what I think you should agree with, I just cancel you. I just delete you from my life. I don't want you as part of my life anymore. And this is what happened here, in this case here, uh, in Galatians, the believers canceled the Lord out of their existence. How do you like? Not even one another, but the Lord they, they canceled. See, when someone has a different opinion, a different point of view, or simply disagrees with our thinking, we feel it is perfectly, in these days, okay to cancel that person. People have changed over the years, but for the worst in many cases. Are you in agreement with that or you say no, but for the best, huh? We have lost patience and, you know, we have gained entitlement. We just so, feel we are so entitled in these days. Isn't that true? We have lost understanding and gained false confidence. The truth is, we all have a platform. It's basically social media. Therefore, what we post what we say, our opinions are important to us. It matters to us. And we can also be cancelled. Isn't that the society we're living in today? Are you still with me? Such a culture is toxic. I want to say this. Such a culture is ungodly. This culture, though, is not new. It's not new. It existed in the Bible too. But such a culture is exactly why Jesus came. Did you hear that? It's exactly why Jesus came. And he always has time for the cancelled. In Paul's mind, after having come to Christ by faith, he feels that these, these believers here should never have turned back. And that's why he thinks that they have been bewitched. And this is a Greek word that means 
that refers to black magic or refers to a spell or a curse put on someone. It even refers to an evil eye. <laughs> bewitched. Have you been bewitched this morning? It's still too quiet here this morning, eh? Paul's point in these opening verses is to remind them of all the wonderful things that the Lord has done for them in their conversion and in the days since then. All this had come by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Had they forgotten all this? They now lived by the power of the Spirit, not by the power of the flesh. How could going back to the law possibly improve their position? That's, it was inconceivable to Paul. And I want to ask you here this morning, have you cancelled your position in Christ? You look at your life, have you cancelled your position in Christ? That position is an amazing position. Now for me to just go into that, your position in Christ, would be such a long sermon and we're not going to focus on that here this morning. But I want to ask you this morning, have you cancelled your position in Christ? And as we focus here on grace and mercy in the cancel culture, the first point we want to make is Jesus calls us to stay faithful from the start to the finish. Verses 2 to 5. From the start to the finish. Not sometimes, but from the start to the finish to stay faithful. Paul reminded them that they had been saved by grace through faith. Verses 2 to 3. Undoubtedly, these young believers had suffered much at the hands of their former friends in the pagan religions. Verse 4. Some had laughed at them. Others ridiculed them and some had been cast out of their homes for the sake of Christ. Will they now count that as meaningless by going back to the law as a means of salvation? It's not about law. Hey? As a means of salvation. God had worked miracles among them and in them personally. They had seen the power of God both internally, inwardly. And externally, they've seen how the Lord moved and worked in their lives. Prayers had been answered. Lives had been changed. Old habits broken. Bad relationships ended. Broken lives mended. Families restored. The lost saved. Sins forgiven. And all this by the grace of God at work through the Spirit of God that came upon them as a result of their faith in Christ. I know everybody's listening, eh? Will they give this up and deny it all? Well, they had a choice. What is better? Well, I'd say staying faith is better. Staying faith is the kind of faith that not only makes the commitment, but sees it through. The Lord is not just doing something for you as you stay anchored in Him. He's doing something in you. Isn't it true? The biggest thing He is doing in your life is teaching you to trust Him. So faith usually leads you through difficulties, not around it. Eh? 
Many of us want to go around the difficulty and the challenges. Eh? Is that true? But faith in Christ leads us through difficulties, not around it. Sometimes around it, but nine out of ten times through it. Isn't it true? The Lord is not just doing something for you, my brother and my sister. He's doing something in you. The biggest thing he is doing in your life is for you to lean totally on him at all times. You see, initial faith is not enough. We need staying faith. When Jesus said to Peter, Oh, you of little faith, can you remember that? Why did you doubt? He is not talking about the intensity only of Peter's faith, but he's talking about its duration as well. Is it continuing? In other words, we need sustaining, enduring faith. He is not interested in a rule follower here this morning. He is interested in an enduring relationship with you. Did you hear that? He wants us to have an enduring relationship with him. Jesus is not looking for fans, but for followers. Are you a fan this morning? Yeah? Fans are just fans. They have their own way of doing things and they're just not as loyal as they should be. Eh? Are you a fan this morning or are you a follower? Jesus is, Jesus is not searching for spectators, but for soldiers. Hey, brothers and sisters, you're a soldier in God's army. From the beginning, God wanted a walking partner. Can you remember in the Garden of Eden, in the cool of the day, Jesus was walking alongside Adam, talking to Adam. Now Jesus is he always looking for a walking partner. He created us for the enjoyment of a walking relationship that involves companionship, dialogue, and intimacy. I want to ask you, are you a walking partner with Jesus this morning? Hey, I can just imagine that I'm being a walking partner with Jesus and walking and, and we're talking and oh, and we're enjoying some, some great fellowship together. That's what it's all about, brothers and sisters. I'm asking you this morning, are you enjoying a walking relationship with Jesus? He's looking for a walking partner. He longs to walk with you. Which is why his arms of grace is always surrounding you, pulling you into a closer walk with him. We must be willing to follow Jesus even when it is not popular, even if it is not acceptable or beneficial to our standing in society. I'm asking you this morning, are you a follower of the crowd or are you a follower of Christ? Are you a follower of the crowd or are you a follower of Christ? You see, crowd followers believe in Jesus as their Savior, but they love to please themselves. Followers of Christ believe in Jesus as Lord and live to please God. Crowd followers exalt their opinions, feelings, and thoughts above the word of God. 
followers of Christ submit their opinions, feelings, and thoughts to the authority of God's word. Crowd followers serve God when it is convenient. Are you a crowd follower? It's convenient when it is convenient. Followers of Christ serve God based on conviction. Are you following him based on conviction this morning? How are you following him at this very moment? Crowd followers follow God as long as everything is going well. Followers of Christ follow the Lord regardless of their circumstances. Is that how you are following him here this morning? You see, if you are a follower of the Lord, you are, you are a citizen of a spiritual kingdom. And you serve the King of Kings. Are you serving him this morning? Are you following him this morning? Who are you following? What are you following this morning? But then secondly, this morning, Jesus did not cancel us. He came to us. Verses 10 to 14 there. He had compassion on us. He went to the cross to absorb the wrath we deserve for our sins so that we might receive grace and mercy. When Christ died, he took upon himself the curse intended for us. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. As one of our verses said, as we read this morning, he took the pain, he took the shame, he bore the punishment meant for us. He stood in our place. He set us free from the curse by taking the curse upon himself. Isn't that amazing what the Lord has done? Upon himself. You see, this morning everyone has sinned. Everyone here this morning has baggage. Everyone has said horrible things. Everyone has treated someone in unspeakable ways. No one is exempt here this morning. Thank God that he did not view us all as lost causes, but as men and women, or women rather, to be redeemed and forgiven. May we go and express that same love and compassion toward others here today. The term cancelled means again, as I said earlier, to delete something or someone out of our life. At some level we have all felt the pain and shame of being written off based on things we have done or failed to do. We have all been unfriended. Have you been unfriended lately? Dismissed, rejected, cast out. We have all felt cancelled by someone. We also have cancelled others as well. We also are responsible for that, eh? isn't it true? But our countercultural saviour here this morning, we're talking about the cancel culture, eh? our countercultural saviour here this morning, however, will have none of it. Jesus called cancelled people his friends. In fact, his circle of followers included a betrayer, a thief, 
and a prostitute, just to name a few. He was unwilling to cancel the worst of the worst, the lowest of the lowest of the lowest of the low, and the guiltiest of the guilty. He moved toward those whom society moved away from. He befriended, loved, and touched the outcast, the misfit, the leper, the liar, the reckless. He refuses to dismiss those who had been dismissed. He refuses to dismiss those who had been dismissed, reject those who had been rejected, denounce those who had been denounced, and shame those who had been shamed. In fact, his closest friends were of such disrepute that the religious leaders concluded Jesus must be an imposter. But was he? Because they felt that no self-respecting man of God would embrace the kinds of people Jesus embraced. But I want to say this to you. He embraces you just as you are. No matter where you find yourself this morning. That is the big difference between Jesus and the cancel culture that we are living in today. While our culture cancels people who have done terrible things, Jesus cancels the terrible things that people are canceled for. As we come to him, as we turn to him, he cancels the terrible things in our lives. He erases it completely and forgives us as we surrender our lives our all to him. As followers of Christ, I ask you this morning, does our cancel culture society see Christ in us? Are we people of grace and forgiveness? Not only with the lost, but with one another. Remember that Peter denied Christ and Thomas doubted him, but he did not cancel them. He graciously acted and spoke in a way that brought them back to him. Are we quick to forgive this morning or quick to cancel? You've got to answer that question here this morning. But now let's go right back to verses 6 to 9 as we can do, do some, some con make some concluding remarks here. Verses 6 to 9, Paul uses the example of Abraham. Did you see that Abraham is mentioned there? This was a masterstroke. I don't know if you realize this, but this was a masterstroke because the Judaizers would have considered Abraham the father of the Jewish people. God has only one plan of salvation, brothers and sisters. It is always by grace, always through faith, and always apart from human effort. Did you hear that? It was always God's intention to include the nations. When we speak about Abraham, the nations in his, his plan to bless the world. There is no room for excluding people on the basis of their heritage 
on the basis of their ethnic origin, on the basis of their language, on the basis of their appearance, what they look like, or any other secondary issue. Did you hear that? Those are secondary issues. He has always intended to save people from every tribe, tongue, clan, kindred, and nation. God has a heart for the nations of the world. He's a global God. We have only one day this morning to follow the Lord. And it is not yesterday, because that day is gone, isn't it? It is not tomorrow, because we cannot be certain that it will come. All we have is today. Today, let us not harden our hearts toward him. But today, let us follow him wholeheartedly. Good intentions do not matter. Only obedience does. You see, brothers and sisters, the taking it easy road is deceptive. I'm going to take it easy. You can't take it easy as a child of God. If you're taking it easy, you're in big trouble because then Satan is satisfied with you. He's not even going to bother you and worry about you because you're not a worry to him. And I want the enemy to be a worry. When he sees me and he hears my name, I want the enemy to worry. Hey, it's again, Alan. Yo, what am I going to do now? Is that what happens? Eh? And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's... Uh, uh, but the taking it easy road is it's deceptive. It is, it's a way to wasted days. Wasted weeks, wasted months, wasted years. Don't waste your years here on planet Earth. You don't know how long you're going to live. So don't waste those years. We do not experience the very best of God by sitting around and dreaming about it. Have you ever seen that? I'm sitting around and I'm dreaming about it. Eh? I'll keep on dreaming. Eh? But by taking the next step of faith. Isn't it true? It's the next step of faith. Walking by faith is the result of a lifetime of small faithful steps. See, it's a small faithful steps. Not big ones, small faithful steps. So take the next step, my brother. Take the next step, my sister. Maybe the next step for you is the first step into what you never thought possible. There, you see, you, you see, there is only one line in life you can control, and it is not the finish line. It is the starting line. Did you hear that? It's the starting line. Every big finish, in other words, I want to go, I want to just add to that. Every big finish began with a small start, isn't it? A clean begin small beginning, a small start. Start walking in faith. You never know where it will lead you, brothers and sisters. 
when you come to saving faith in Jesus Christ, you enter into his kingdom of grace. And God wants you to not live on the edge, but live deep in the realm of his grace. Oh, I want to be in the, in the depths of his grace. I don't know about you. I want to live in the realm of his grace all the time. Jesus is not merely offering you some drops of grace, droplets of grace. No! It's more than that. Jesus takes you and pulls you into his ocean, if you could put it in those words. His ocean of grace. He intends for you to learn how to live there in the depths of his grace. Are you living there this morning? In the depths of his grace. The ocean of his grace, eh? You see, brothers and sisters, you are empowered for this moment in history by grace. Your sufficiency for this historical moment is through grace. His grace is sufficient for your needs. His grace is sufficient for your strength. His grace is sufficient for your endurance. I challenge you this morning to continue to live deep in the realm of his grace. It is in this very culture, cancel culture, that we need Jesus more than ever. They need to be immersed, cancel culture. This cancel culture need to be immersed into the depths of his grace. We will never be forsaken by him, never be abandoned, never be canceled. as we live in the realm of his grace. Brothers and sisters, it is time for us to move forward. And this is what the Apostle Paul said as he spoke to them. Basically, this is what he said. It's not there in Scripture, but this is what he said. I cannot go back. I cannot stay here. I must go forward. Did you hear that? I cannot go back. I cannot stay here. I must go forward. What is the Lord asking you to do this morning? Remember, you probably have heard this before, but remember that delayed obedience is really disobedience. Amen. Father, thank you for your word this morning. And Lord, in the midst of cancel culture, you would never cancel us, Lord. You would never reject us, Lord. You would never, Lord, ignore us. You are there for us, reaching out to us in grace, reaching out to us with an eternal, unconditional love, reaching out to us to guide us and direct us to where we need to be in you at this present moment. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the realm of your grace, Lord, that is available to us to move in and to be blessed by. Won't you continue with us further, Lord? We thank you.
for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.